Welcome back. We continue our series. Uh, we're in the middle of discussing the Zugais. Uh, today we're going to discuss um, uh, the first of the Zug of Shmaya and Avtalyan. Shmaya is Mishneh Yud. Uh, it's interesting, by the way, that both Shmaya and Avtalyan, who were an integral part of Ramasora, they're actually the, uh, the third no, the fourth, actually, of the Zugas, who were very much integral in the continuation and the Mesira and the Mesorah of the Torah. Uh, they were both, um, Chazal say that they were both Gerim. Actually, the Bartanura says, Gerit Sedekayu, they were both Gerim. And the Maharal himself says it's very difficult to accept that they were Gerim, because Gerim, um, according to a, uh, a drasha, cannot uh, hold a leadership position, and so it doesn't, uh, it's not consistent that they would be um, the Nasi and the Av Bezdin. So therefore he says that it's probably more likely that they descended from Gerim, but they, that they themselves were not Gerim. However, the Bartanur himself says, Gerit Sedekayu, that they were in fact Gerim. Um, to answer this question of the Maharal, because there is a drasha that says that Gerim cannot have a position of leadership. Um, the Balaitaisvis actually addressed this. Um, it's uh, brought down in the Das Kenim, where he said that basically the fact that you cannot appoint a Ger to a position of leadership is that is in fact true, uh, and there's a limit in Gemara, but that's only where there are other uh, people who are as qualified as them, so they are not they are inel- ineligible for assuming that position of leadership. But if they are the most qualified and suitable for that position, then even a ger can hold a leadership position and be the Nasi and the Avbezdin, and that's how you would um, explain the Bartanura. But let's talk about the lessons of Shmaya and why he may have said what he said and how it connects with some of the things we'll, we'll discuss. So Shmaya says three things. Shmaya Omer, a person should love the work, just translating it literally, and we'll see there are a few possible explanations. A person should love work, but despise Rabbanus. And we'll go with the second shot of the Bartanura, when it says despise Rabbanus, says the Bartanura, a person should distance himself from exercising um, control over others. Because assuming that kind of position and that kind of responsibility has, unfortunately, uh, dire consequences in many cases to the person that assumes that role. So, uh, first he says, Ehovah Snasarabonus is a position of Srara, of uh, assuming uh, leadership and control and dominance over others. And Valtisvada Larushus, and you should not be misvada, meaning if you can avoid interaction and having dealings with Rishus, then you should avoid that. What exactly is Rishus? So the, um, uh, the Bartanur says that people who are in leadership positions, Hasrara Kruya Rishus. 
somebody who is a, a leader is considered a rishus because they have the per- permission and the right to do whatever it is they please because they're in charge. So therefore, you should try and stay away from people like that because uh, it, it could be dangerous and uh, not, uh, not result in positive things. So these are all a little bit difficult to understand what the practical meaning is, uh, but maybe to shed a little bit light and add a little bit flavor, let's discuss um, a couple of things uh, and go back to um, our discussion of Yanai HaMelech. We spoke in previous uh, Mishnahs when we spoke about Shimon ben Shetach, uh, and I think Yeshua ben Prachia, we spoke about Yanai HaMelech, who was a Chashmanoyan uh, king. He also took for himself the Kuna Gedola, and he himself was a tzeduki and was very anti the Prushim or the Chachamim, and he unfortunately was responsible for the death of many Chachamim, and many of the Chachamim were afraid for their lives and ran away. Um, and let me share with you an incident that is brought down in the Yerushalmi. Um, and this has to do with an incident that directly related to his relationship with his brother-in-law, Shimon, Shimon ben Shetach. We mentioned Shimon ben Shetach's sister was the queen, was married to um, Yana HaMelech. And the Gemara relates that um, in the days of Shimon ben Shetach, there were 300 Nazirim that came up to Yerushalayim. And um, it says that uh, they needed to bring Karbonus. Now, each of them have to bring three Karbonus, Achatus and Oil and Shlamim. So that would mean 900 Karbonus for the 300 Nazirim, 900 animals, behemoths, to be brought as Karbonus, which was a tremendous amount of money. So Shimon ben Shetach approached uh, King Yanai, his brother-in-law, and said, I'll make a deal with you. Um, I'll take care of half if you take care of the other half. And so Yanai agreed and said, okay, you take care of 450 of the behemoths that have to be brought for Karbonus, and I'll take care of the other 450. Mur goes on to explain that Shimon ben Shetach was able to find a Pesach. He was able to find an opening to be able to annul the Naziris. So for those 450, for those 150 Nazirim that would have had to brought a carbon, he was able to find a Pesach for the Naziris. So therefore, they were exempt from bringing Karbanis. And Yanai, for the other 150 Nazirim, had to contribute 450 uh, behemoths for Karbanis. So somebody went and was malshin, uh, basically, to Yanei Melech and basically tattletailed and said, by the way, you're contributing 450 animals for Karbanis. Shimon Meshetach isn't contributing anything. He hasn't contributed one animal. He says, what do you mean? The deal was I would contribute 450. He would contribute 450. So he approached um, uh, Shimon Meshetach, and Shimon Meshetach responded by saying that... Um, that I did contribute because as a result of my knowledge and intuition and Torah knowledge, I was able to come up with a Pesach and therefore uh, was able to um, uh, exempt these Nazirim from bringing uh, Karbanis. So I contributed what I said I would. Um, Yanei HaMelech was not very happy. Uh, Shimon Meshetach was afraid for his life because the king was angry with him and he thought he was taken advantage of. Um, and he was afraid for his life, so he ran away. Um, even though his uh, sister was queen, apparently he, he felt it was a real threat. 
Um, the Gemara in Yerushalmi continues and relates that uh, a while later, Yanni was visited by some very important people from the Persian kingdom, and uh, they came and uh, met with Yanai, and they said, where is this Jewish sage who we enjoy listening to his wisdom? Whenever we come to visit you, uh, he's here and he has something uh, witty to say. And Yanai said that, uh, you know, he's not here. And they, were, they insisted that uh, they wanted to, uh, to, to, to talk to him. And so Yanai basically made a deal with Shimon Meshetach, that uh, it's okay, he won't, uh, he won't um, cause him any harm, and it's okay for him to come back. So Shimon Meshetach came back, um, and we see from here that Shimon Meshetach, despite the fact that his sister was the queen, uh, he was afraid for his life because of Yana HaMelech. The Gemara relates another incident in Masech the Kedushin, where it says that... Um, there was a fellow by the name of Elazar ben Poera, and he tells Yanei HaMelech that the Perushim, the Chachamim, um, basically um, are very against the king, and they're doing things and saying things that uh, are against the king. So he asked this Elazar ben Poera, what should he do? He told him, uh, being that he took upon himself the Kuna Gadola, that he should take the tzitz, which is worn by the Kohen Gadol, and put it between, uh, put it on his forehead between his eyes. So there was a sage there present by the name of Yehuda ben Gedidya, and Yehuda ben Gedidya said uh, in a uh, derogatory way to the king, and he said to Yanei Melech, he says, "It's enough that you've taken the 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 malchus for yourself. Um, don't also take; it doesn't belong to you. Don't also take the kunegadayla. Um, it's not appropriate for you to take the kunegadayla." And as a result. Uh, he was very angry with the Chachamim. The Chachamim left. Uh, and then Elizabeth Puri continued to tell the, um, to Yana HaMelech, he says, how did you allow them to speak to you in such a disrespectful manner? Uh, you're the king, you're the Kohen Gadol. So he says to them, he says to uh, Elizabeth Puri, so what should I do? How should I react? What should I do in response? So Elizabeth Puri told Yana HaMelech that you should kill the Chachamim. They, they cannot speak to the king in such a manner. And it says that he actually killed many of the Chachamim. And the world was desolate of Chachamim. Until Shimon Meshetach came back and was able to restore the Torah to its former glory. So we see that Yanei HaMelech um, was somebody who was... Um, um, was a very um, was a very bad king. He was very bad to the to the Chachamim and to the to the Prushim. Um, and despite the fact that Shimon Shimon Meshetach was his brother-in-law, um, he himself um, was um, threatened and scared for his life. So this background helps us understand why Shmaya is saying what he's saying. And that's because if you think about who, who did Shmaya receive his Mesorah from, he, he received his Mesorah from Yehuda ben, ben Tabai and Shemir ben Shetach. The, the Zug that preceded them were, were their Rabbeim, were the people that handed down the Mesorah to them. So if you look at the lives of Yehuda ben Tabai, and we spoke about how Yehuda ben Tabai um, uh, was so against and admonished people from taking on positions of leadership, um, and it occurred with, with him as the leader that he 
felt that he put somebody uh, to death uh, that was innocent. Um, and when you think about Shimon ben Shatach and Hashim ben Shatach, because of his interactions with the king, you know, despite the fact that he was his brother-in-law, he, he was threatened and the Jewish people were, were threatened and many of the Chachamim were killed as a result. Shmaya commenting on his own observations of his Rebbeim and what they went through, says, You should embrace and love the work in terms of helping the Jewish people and contributing and being part of um, uh, doing things on their behalf, but avoid taking on the position of leadership. Avoid the Sorah part of it. In other words, embrace the Malacha part of it, but um, avoid the Sorah part of it. He was referring specifically to the events of Yehuda ben Tabai and the challenges that Yehuda ben Tabai faced, as well as Shimon Meshetach, because he was also in a position of leadership, and what that led to in terms of his interactions with Yana Melech. And Valtisvad el Rishus, that's pretty, pretty, pretty apparent, because Rishus here refers to somebody who is in a position of power, and you see that it's dangerous to have interactions with somebody who's in a position of power where the person feels they don't have to answer to anybody. Uh, and that was Yana HaMelech, and all of the Chachamim were afraid, and rightfully so. And that's why Shmaya comes along and tells us that you should embrace work in terms of helping the Jewish people, um, but you should avoid Srora in terms of assuming leadership and control. And Al-Tisvad Rishos, you should be very careful and try and avoid interactions with people who are in a position of power where they don't feel they have to answer to anybody because it's a very dangerous situation uh, for all involved. Uh, with that, we can understand a little bit better why Shmaya chose the lessons that he chose.